thank you for your love. And we thank you what is written in your word, that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We pray for Mike and his family, and Lord, we pray you bring the comfort that they need right now, that you would just bring to them the strength, and Lord, that you would give them a peace that passes understanding. Father, I do pray for, for mom and our family that you would, Lord, just continue to be with us, and we thank you. I thank you for your wonderful grace to our family, and I thank you for this wonderful fellowship We may not be known in the world's eyes, but Lord, I thank you for the love that is here, that is real. And I thank you that um, for the ministry of Calvary Chapel, that my father was able to go and hear the truth of God's word in the gospel, and that you opened up his heart to it. And so we as a fellowship We can rejoice together in the fact that he's going to go home and be with you. Father, I just pray that you would just bless this night as we study your word. And Lord, that once again, we gather as a people desiring to know you more, to fall more in love with you. So minister to our hearts. Lord, I pray you bless the children and the youth. They're so precious. Be with Marcy and John as they minister to them. and Lord, I pray that they would just perceive your truth and the things that they're taught tonight in a very real way. So we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua chapter 18. We are at this place in the book of Joshua. You recall that as they came into the promised land, crossing the Jordan River, that they defeated or had victory. It was actually the Lord that brought the walls down at Jericho, and then they had victory at Ai. Then we saw in chapter 10 that it was the Canaanite kings that banded together to come against the children of Israel, and the children of Israel would have a great victory. And the Lord kept telling them throughout um, this, this conquest of the land, remember that I've given you a promise that you're going to go in and possess the land. He would also say to them, don't be afraid. You may be outnumbered. They have horses and chariots, but you have me, and I will drive them out. And so we've seen this wonderful book, how they've stepped out in faith and trusted the Lord, and they've had great victory. And we've been making those principles and applications for our own lives as we do spiritual battle in our journey in life, how the Lord desires to bring us into the fullness and the richness of the blessings that he has for us. And so we can possess what he has. He has an inheritance for us as well. We have a spiritual inheritance. So that's what I love about the book of Ephesians because in Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about how we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies and how we've been forgiven and, and chosen and how we have an inheritance with the Lord. And, and that's real, folks. That's real uh, for us. We have that hope of heaven that awaits for us. And so uh, we have the spiritual blessings, but even in this life, how the Lord desires for us to experience that, that spiritual blessing for us as we have wisdom and joy, as we have his strength, as we have his guidance given to us, uh, as he gives us the victories and the battles that we have. And um, it's wonderful to be able to be a Christian, to know what God's word has to say, to be able to stand on those promises and to see God working in a very real and very wonderful way in our lives. And so here were the inhabitants of the south, 
driven out. They had the northern conquests, as we saw. And then what we begin to see is that Joshua is now beginning to divide up the land. And remember that when the children of Israel, all those months and chapters that we went through in uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, that the children of Israel were out in the wilderness and they had the tabernacle that was there in the middle of the camp, as we saw in the book of Numbers. And then it was the 12 tribes that were camped around the uh, tabernacle in orderly fashion. And in the middle of the camp was the tribe of Levi. Now, a couple things. I know that most of you probably know this, but I just want to review it very quickly because people go through the Old Testament and they get a little bit confused about things. They say 12 tribes. I count 13. Remember that Jacob, in the book of Genesis, had 12 sons. They are the patriarchs to the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph, his son that ended up in Egypt and, and would, uh, through a series of circumstances, would become the prime minister there in Egypt. He would bring his family out of Canaan to Egypt there because there was famine in the land. And it was Joseph that had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. They were included in the 12 tribes. And so really, when you count them up, there's 13 but two of those belong to the tribe of Joseph or the children of Joseph. And so that's what uh, constitutes the 12 tribes. Also, what we're going to see is that the allotments are going to be divided up. And as the allotments are divided up, and there's a map here, there are 12 tribes that have their allotments. But there's the tribe, and you can see them listed there, the 12 tribes of Israel that are listed. But you'll notice that Levi is not listed there. And recall that the reason that the tribe of Levi is not listed there is because the Lord said, I'm going to be your inheritance. So that was the priestly tribe uh, where the priests, every priest was a Levite, not every Levite was a priest. And we went over all of that in numbers and, uh, and uh, the responsibility of different families of the Levites. But they assisted the priests at, at the tabernacle ministry. So all of this is changing now. They've come across uh, the Jordan we saw that their, their base of operation during this about seven years of doing battle and driving out the, the southern um, inhabitants of the, the Canaanites and the northern uh, inhabitants of the Canaanites, there's still pockets of the Canaanites and strongholds that are there that we're going to see here. But now what is happening is now they're beginning to divide up the land. And as we saw clear back in the book of Deuteronomy, that it was the tribe of Gad, the tribe of Reuben, and the tri half of the tribe of Manasseh that wanted their inheritance on the east side of the Jordan River. So you see that on the east side of the Jordan River, the east side of the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, uh, up in that area, which is today called Jordan. And so that's their inheritance. And so they've taken that inheritance. Then we also saw that it was the tribe of Judah that has a large uh, inheritance to the south. And then the sons of Joseph, which are who? Ephraim and half of the tribe of Manasseh on the west side. We've seen their boundaries and their inheritance. But there's still seven tribes that we're going to see here that haven't taken their inheritance. So let's read chapter 18. As the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh, set up the tabernacle of meeting there, and the land was subdued before them. But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect? to go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you. So there's still seven of those tribes that they haven't received their inheritance. 
they are now assembled at Shiloh. So they've moved their base of operation from Gilgal over to Shiloh, which is over in the Samaritan Mountains. And you, can't, you, you could go there today if you really wanted to, but it's in that area that's called the West Bank. And so very few people will go over into that area. But I remember seeing that in uh, the early 90s, I, I think the second time I went to Israel in 94, uh, when things were different and the political situation was different. And you can still go there on an Israeli bus, but now you can't do that. But we went to Shiloh and saw where the tabernacle, they believe, was, and they were doing excavations around there. Very fascinated to see. And there at Shiloh is the tabernacle. Now, you remember that the tabernacle was the center of the camp when they were in the wilderness. The 12 tribes camped around um, in, in four uh, tribes on the east side, four on the south, four on the west, four on the north side, and that was 12 tribes. And then the tribe of Levi, Moses and Aaron, in the middle with the tabernacle. And whenever that pillar of cloud would move, the Shekinah glory of God, as it would come up resting over the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant there in the Holy of Holies, whenever it would lift and move, then they would all pack up. And they would move out in orderly fashion, as we saw in the book of Numbers. And then the tabernacle was taken down. And then when that pillar of, of fire or cloud would stop, then they would set up again in orderly fashion. That's all gone now. So now the tabernacle is at Shiloh. Here's the seven tribes there. And here's Joshua saying, why are you guys here? Now the tabernacle is going to stay in Shiloh for about close to 400 more years. So it's going to be there for a long time, up until that time uh, when David is going to come and he's going to take the Ark of the Covenant and he's going to bring it to Jerusalem. So here is the tabernacle that's going to be set up, staying in that place for hundreds of years before it's taken down finally, and then David's going to come and get the Ark of the Covenant. And here are the children of Israel, seven of them, and Joshua says, why haven't you taken your inheritance? What are you guys waiting for? Now, the other thing is happening is this. As we saw in chapters 10 and 11, the children of Israel, all the tribes were together, the men of war, and they went to war and they got victory. Now, as they are receiving their inheritance or their allotments, it is up to the particular tribes to have victory, to drive out the remaining Canaanites. We saw that last time, didn't we? Uh, as we finished chapter 17, it was the sons of Joseph that came to Joshua and said, we need more land. We're a great, great, you know, tribe. Ephraim there in Manasseh. And so we need more room and the mountains are too confined. And what did Joshua tell them? You recall, you clear out the timber, clear out the, the trees and the mountaintops, the timber, and even though in the valley the Canaanites may be there with chariots of iron, you can drive them out because God has already given you the promise. And so take care of what you have now and then have faith that God wants to do more. So we talked about, made application last week, that in your own life, make sure that you clear out the old timber of your life those things that the God would want you to clear out, and then you would continue to grow in the Lord and the things of the Lord, and you're going to see that he's going to give you more victory. And so now we're going to see that it's up to the allotments, up to the tribes to defend their, their area and to drive out the remaining Canaanites. Why haven't you received your inheritance? You know, it can happen with Christians. What can happen with us is that 
we can neglect, and that's what he says, you've neglected to go and possess the land that the Lord God of your fathers has given you. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit here in Shiloh? Go and possess the land God, God has given to you. And I think that what can happen to you and to me in our lives is that we don't possess what God has for us is because we can neglect that which God wants us to have. How do we neglect it? We neglect it by no longer being in the Word of God, no longer growing in the Word of God. And what I pray for us here at Calvary Chapel, and I don't know if, if this is something that we need to be careful of because we are students of the Word of God here at Calvary Chapel. We're ones, you guys are here and you're going through the Old Testament and you're going through these chapters you know, that we've seen. And what can happen is that you can go through the scriptures and come to Bible study, and pretty soon you can begin to think, I've been to Bible study, I've been through the Old Testament, I don't need to be going to Bible study anymore. That's a real danger to get into. So you start neglecting the Word. You start neglecting serving God. You stop fellowshipping with other believers. Don't neglect those things. Because those are the things, as we have discussed, that's going to help you possess what God has for you. Just the blessing again and the fullness of his richness that he has that you and I can experience in the Lord as we grow in his word. Remember that he told Joshua, Joshua, every place that your foot treads, you're going to possess it. And so go take it. I've given it to you, and this is how you can be successful. This is all in Joshua chapter 1. You meditate on the word of God day and night. You trust in my word. You know what my promises are. And you stay faithful to serving me. You remember that it was Caleb, that we saw Caleb, that for 45 years he was waiting for his inheritance that the Lord had for him, and he was going to take it, even though it was the giants, because he wholly followed the Lord. You serve the Lord, you walk with the Lord, and you fellowship with other believers who can encourage you and bless you in the Lord. And so don't neglect what God has for you in your spiritual life. And that's what they were doing. So what were they to do? Well, verse 4, Pick out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them. They shall rise and go through the land, survey according to their inheritance, and come back to me. And they shall divide it into seven parts. Judah shall remain in their territory on the south, and the house of Joseph shall remain in their territory on the north. And you shall therefore survey the land in seven parts and bring the survey here to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord our God. But the Levites have no part among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance, and Gad and Reuben and half of the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond the Jordan on the east, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave to them. In verse 8, Then the men arose to go away, and Joshua charged those who went to survey the land, saying, Go walk through the land, survey it, and come back to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. So they were to select some men, walk throughout the remaining portion of the land that they conquered. They were to survey it. And, um, and then verse 9, So the men went, passed through the land, wrote the survey in a book in the seven parts by cities, and they came to Joshua at the camp of Shiloh. Then Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord, and there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. You know, I was just thinking of this. Um, we have some that survey here in the church. Wouldn't you love to see uh, this survey, this book that they had? Uh, I think a lot of it would have been what we're going to read here in the next few chapters, but just the details and perhaps the sketches. They knew how to survey. Now, where did they learn to survey? I think in Egypt, for the projects that they did for the Egyptians. And I think there's a very important lesson that we can apply to our lives tonight, and it's simply this. 
we are in the world, we're not of the world. But we have gifts and we have abilities. We've been trained, we have traits, we have things that we do in life. And those things that you do, whether it's being able to do accounting, whether it's being able to take care of lawns, construction, maintenance, whatever it might be, playing instruments, teaching, how God has gifted you, how you've been trained, those things can be used for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. And I am so blessed by so many talented people that are here in using their gifts and what they know and their trades to be a blessing for the kingdom of God. And so they surveyed, they learned that in Egypt, in the world. And they were able to use it now. So they're going to bring it back. It's in a book. And then the Lord's going to divide it up as they cast lots. um, And then they're going to take their inheritance. So that's what we're going to read about as we see the land of Benjamin. We're going to see here... um, their territory given to them. Now, we're going to go through this. We're going to highlight them. I'm not going to name all the cities there, um, but I'm going to highlight a few things as we go through these different inheritance. Verse 11, Now the lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families, and the territories of their lot came out between the children of Judah and the children of Joseph. So again, this map is up there. You can see uh, where Benjamin is, their territory. Verse 12, their border on the north side began at the Jordan, and the border went up to the side of Jericho on the north, and went up through the mountains westward. It ended at the wilderness of Beth-Avon. And the border went over there towards Luz, to the side of Luz, which is Bethel. Southward, and the border descended to Ataroth and Adar, near the hill which that lies on the south side of Lower Beth Haran. Now, Bethel, we've talked about. Bethel is mentioned many, many times in the Old Testament. And it was Jacob that named that place Bethel, wasn't it? Because Jacob, as he's running from his brother Esau, he stops, puts the rocks up for a pillow. He sleeps at night. He has a dream. And it's a ladder of angels ascending and descending. And it was a vision uh, as the Lord spoke to him and reiterated the promise that, Jacob, your descendants are going to be given this land. So he called that place Bethel, which means house of God. So it was a very, very special place. So Bethel was that place that belonged to the tribe of Benjamin. We know that it would be later on in their history that Bethel became a place of idol worship, which is really sad to to see that happen in their history because it was a place where Jacob received again that promise of the covenant, and he called it the house of God. God was here, and I didn't even know it. Bethel. And so a very important place uh, that ended up being a place of idol worship. Verse 15, as um, we see, or actually verse 14, the border extended around the west side of the south, the hill that lies before Beth Haran southward, and it ended at Kerjath Baal, which is Kerjath Jerim, in the city of the children of Judah, that was the west side. And the south side began at the end of Kerjath Jerim, and the border extended to the west, went out the springs of the waters of Nephtoah, and the border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnom which is in the valley of Rephraim on the north, descended to the valley of Hinnom, to the side of the Jebusite city on the south, and descended to Enrago. And it went around from the north, went into En Shemesh, and extended towards Gelaloth, which is before ascent of Adumim, and descended to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. Then it passed along towards the north side of Arabah, and went down to Arabah. And a border passed along, verse 19, north side of Beth Hogla, and a border in at the north bay, the Salt Sea, that is the Dead Sea, at the south end of Jordan. This was the southern territory. The Jordan was its border to the east side and was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin, according to its boundaries, all around, according to their families. 
And now the cities of the tribe of the children of Benjamin, according to their families, Jericho. And so those cities are listed there in verses 21 through verse 28. I'm not going to read it all, but you can look at that. The cities of note, of course, Jericho. We've already talked about Bethel. That was mentioned in verse 22. And then also in verse 28, Jebus, which is Jerusalem. And so Jerusalem would be in the tribe of Benjamin. We know that when after the reign of Solomon, his son Rehoboam, it would be the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin that made up that southern uh, portion called the house of Judah. It was the ten other tribes that made up the house of Israel. Those of note that were from the tribe of Benjamin was Saul, the first king. Some of the mightiest uh, warriors that we know that fought uh, for behalf of Israel uh, came from the tribe of Benjamin. We're going to see that uh, in the book of Judges as well. We know that Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. And also in the New Testament, who of note was from the tribe of Benjamin that we know? Paul the Apostle, right. Remember Philippians that he's talking about, that I was a Pharisee of Pharisees from the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. So he was from the tribe of Benjamin as well. So that's the inheritance of Benjamin, Simeon's inheritance with Judah, chapter 19. And a second lot came out of Simeon, the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. And so they had their inheritance, Beersheba, and then those cities are listed all there in verses 2 through verse 8. And so uh, you can read about that. And this, in verse 8, was the inheritance of the tribe of children of Simeon according to their families. The inheritance of the children of Simeon was included in the share of the children of Judah, for the share of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. Now look on that map. See Simeon down in the south? It's within the inheritance of Judah. Now why was that? It's interesting, a couple reasons perhaps why. It, it says here because it was too much. So Simeon ended up becoming a very weak, uh, the smallest of the tribes. Matter of fact, what is interesting is, is that um, it was um, Simeon that uh, was... In the first census, in Numbers chapter 1, you recall that in the second year of their exodus, that census was taken of the number of fighting men from each tribe. Simeon had a large number. They were a fairly, uh, fairly large tribe within all 12 tribes. Second census was taken at the end of the book of Numbers, you recall, near the end of their 40-year wandering. Simeon had dis decreased significantly to where thousands and thousands less were in that tribe. And so they were the lowest ranking tribe of the 12 tribes. So their inheritance is taken in, in a really uh, within Judah is what it is. There is some indication from Second Chronicles chapter 15 is that they tried to move from where they were in the south because where they are in the south is desert. I mean real desert. There isn't much there at all and tried to move up in that area where Ephraim and Manasseh was. And so there's indication that perhaps they tried to do that as well. But it's interesting. Let's put our thinking caps on a little bit. You recall that as we look at the different tribes, they were, of course, the sons of Jacob, the patriarchs of the tribes, right? Jacob, he had 
Leah as one of his wives. And two sons that he had with Leah were Levi and Simeon. They also had a daughter. Her name was Dinah. And in chapter 34 of the book of Genesis, you have the Dinah incident to where what happened was is that for some reason Dinah was going over to this city um, called Shechem. And this individual that his name was Shechem for the city was named after, he ended up violating her. He ended up raping her. And so her brothers, Levi and Simeon, found out about it. And it was actually Shechem that brought his dad over to Jacob and said, I love your daughter, I want to marry her. And Jacob was kind of hemming and hawing. He didn't deal with the situation. Where Levi and Simeon were so upset about what had happened. And so they came up with this plot. And what they did is they came to Shechem and his father and they said, listen, you know what, we'll give you our sister, but we got this religious thing, and that is that if you want to marry with our family and if some of us want to marry with some of the women in your city, there has to be the men being circumcised. You have to go through the rite of circumcision. And so they said, okay, we'll do that. Well, what happened was all the men of Shechem got circumcised, and in their healing process, where they're not able to move at all, it was Levi and Simeon that came in and slaughtered all the men. So Jacob was very upset about that. You go to Genesis chapter 49. At the end of Jacob's life, when he began to bless his sons, there in Genesis chapter 49 and in chapter 50, began to prophesy over them, he didn't forget about that incident that happened in Genesis chapter 34. And he begins to prophesy over them, and he says, Levi, Simeon, you're both instruments of cruelty. And I'm going to divide you in Israel. I'll, I'll scatter you in Israel. So they ended up getting divided. They ended up becoming scattered. But here's the thing. The tribe of Levi was blessed. The tribe of Simeon was insignificant and wasn't. Matter of fact, it kind of faded out. So what's the difference? Can I make a suggestion? They leave Egypt. They come to the mountain of God. They start dancing naked around that golden calf that they made, committing immorality, idolatry. Moses comes down from the mountain. He says, whoever's on the Lord's side, come to me. And who went to Moses? It was the tribe of Levi. That's why they received that inheritance of of I'm going to be your inheritance, the Lord says, you're going to serve in the tabernacle. They're going to be given 48 cities here. They were blessed. The tribe of Levi continued to play games, or not Levi, Simeon. The tribe of Simeon continued to dance around that golden calf and forsook the Lord. You know what? I think that's kind of a picture of us because all of us have sinned. And when we come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to be on your side. I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. There is blessing, isn't there? And that was the difference. They made a decision that we're going to side on you, Lord, and we're going to follow after you. And the Lord said, I'm your inheritance. You know, we can rejoice when we know that, for example, Mike's mom goes home to be with the Lord. My father, who's going to go home, be with the Lord soon because we have an inheritance in the Lord, don't we? It's because of our faith and trust in him. So I think that was the difference. The Levites came over, and they were the priestly family. It was Simeon that continued to commit idolatry and immorality 
and would not come to the Lord. So they were ones that they were within the inheritance of, of Judah. And so we continue on here as we see in verse 10, the land of Zebulon. Verse 10, the third lot came out for the children of Zebulon, according to their families, at the border of their inheritance as far as Sarred. And so the border there in verses 11 through verse 16, those cities that are listed there, 12 cities with their villages. In verse 16, this was the inheritance of the children of Zebulon, according to their families, these cities with their villages. So we see it there. It's in that area where Mount Carmel is, very beautiful in that area. Mount Carmel is where Elijah went up. And he called down fire from heaven, that story there in 1 Kings. Um, they were noted, uh, that tribe, for their faithfulness to David. A great number of soldiers uh, came to help David and his army fight the Philistines from the tribe of Zebulun. So that's their inheritance. Verse 17 through 23, the land of Issachar. The fourth lot came out to Issachar for the children of Issachar according to their families. And so their territory went to Jezreel. The cities that are listed there, 16 cities with their villages. Verse 23, this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Issachar, according to their families, the cities and their villages. And so here, the boundaries for Issachar, that would include Mount Tabor, uh, the mountains there uh, around that area, the Valley of Jezreel, where the Valley of Megiddo is. And we talked about Megiddo. We know that Megiddo has significant prophetic um, uh, uh, importance in the Bible. That's where the last world war is going to take place right before uh, Jesus Christ comes back to establish his kingdom. It's interesting, though, that Issachar was prophesied by Jacob that, um, that you'll have the, the land that is supposed to have rest and the land that's pleasant, but you're going to be a band of slaves. It's a very fertile piece of land that they have there. Very beautiful in the valley, lots of crops, uh, things like that that are listed there um, with them in their inheritance and stuff. But the thing is that you're going to have a pleasant land. It's going to be a good land, but you're going to be a band of slaves. What happened was in their history that they were strong. They were one of the strongest tribes in far as numbers, but they found themselves being oppressed. And what Jacob was saying to them is that, you know what, you have good land, um, and it seems to be strong, but you guys are lazy. And they were a bit lazy about taking their inheritance. And the thing is, for you and for me, if we want to be strong, laziness spiritually cannot be a part of our lives, our spiritual lives. And what I mean by that is that we can get lazy spiritually where, oh, I don't want to read my Bible. I, you know, being a disciple, it means discipline one. And what it means is being consistent in doing those things and just growing in the Lord and walking with the Lord. And we can become lazy, can't we? I'm not going to read my Bible today. I'm going to sleep in. Oh, I don't want to go to church. These things that all of us can go through. And you know what? We're not going to be strong if that's a consistent thing in our lives. So they had great opportunity. A great inheritance was given to them. But they ended up being oppressed to a lot of people, even though they should have been strong. But there was laziness, and they didn't really fight, as you see in their history. In verse 24 through 31, we see the land of Asher. And the fifth lot came out of the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families. So the cities are listed there in verse 30, 22 cities with their villages. 
And this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Asher according to their families, these cities with their villages. And so Asher is way up there in the north. It was actually prophesied by Jacob that they would dip their foot in oil. So some believe that Israel is going to find oil up in that area. They found a great big um, off the coast. Um, uh, they have found a lot of natural gas. Um, and so, um, you know, they've been doing a lot of excavation. Um, exploratory things, you know, as far as finding oil in that area. So just kind of a note of interest in that area um, that's taken place. Uh, very pretty up in that area as well. Um, but what's interesting is um, they also became, particularly during the reign of David, we know from First Chronicles 27, they became very insignificant, kind of like Simeon did. There's no judge, no ruler, no heroes from that nation. We do know one person from Asher, that is mentioned in the New Testament. Do you remember her, a lady? Luke chapter 2, Anna. When she recognized the Christ child after the birth of Jesus, Joseph and Mary went from Bethlehem, that short distance, up to the temple. And it was Anna from the tribe of Asher that recognized this was the Christ child. So a godly woman that had godly discernment recognizing Jesus uh, was the Christ child. Verses 32 through 39, the land of Naphtali. And so the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali. For the children of Naphtali, according to their families, so the cities are listed all through there. And so 19 cities with their villages, verse 39. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Naphtali, according to their families, the cities and their villages that are listed there. Naphtali, we know from Isaiah chapter 9, would prophesy that the land of Naphtali, the people who lived in darkness, have seen a great light. And Naphtali was the place by the Sea of Galilee where Jesus did most of his earthly ministry. From the north side of the Sea of Galilee over to the west side to a little bit of the east side, 80% of the gospel takes place. That's where Jesus spent most of his earthly ministry. And also in that area is where a woman who is very devoted to the Lord, came from. And if we get a chance, if you come to Israel with this, I'll take you up on the hill, and we'll look down on the Sea of Galilee, and we'll look at a little place that's called Magdalene, named after Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene that had seven demons in her, cast out, and she's one that had a great love and devotion to the Lord. The people who lived in darkness have seen a great light that is the light of Jesus Christ. And Mary Magdalene was one that was so devoted to the Lord and followed after the Lord. She was there at the cross of Calvary. She was the last one there when they took Jesus down and some of the other women from the cross. She was the first one at the tomb on that first Easter morning. She was actually, I think, the first missionary because you remember that it was Jesus that said to her she thought it was the gardener and she recognized it was Jesus. She knew the tomb was empty. She, she was looking for the body of Jesus and Jesus said, you know, who are you looking for? And, and she would recognize finally it was Jesus. And Jesus said, go and tell the brethren, the first missionary, to go out and tell that Jesus is alive. A wonderful, wonderful woman, at one time full of demons. Isn't God so good? How he can take that which is dark and lost and hopeless and bring light and hope. And he can save those who are lost. And as we finish here, we'll, well, let's look at Dan very quickly, and then we'll finish the chapter. And so the seventh lot came from the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families. So their territory is given there. 
And so, verse 47, And the border of the children of Dan went beyond these, because the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem, and took it, and they struck it with the edge of the sword, took possession of it, and dwelt in it. They called Leshem Dan after the name Dan their father. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families, these cities and their villages. So there you can see that Dan uh, was kind of right there west of Benjamin and Ephraim, they are west of Jerusalem, and they were in that area over to the Mediterranean Sea. Now, here's the interesting thing. When we go in the book of Judges, one of the judges was from the tribe of Dan, and that was who? Samson. We all know the story of Samson and his strength. And he would go over to the Philistine cities, you know, and he was, you know, his great strength and all that. It's interesting. When you see all the drawings and everything, and Samson is this big, you know, Hulk kind of guy. I think he was just a regular skinny guy. Because he walked through the cities of the Philistines without being recognized. People weren't saying, look at that big guy. Look at that big strong guy. But the Spirit of God would come upon him and give him his strength. So Samson was from the tribe of Dan. The tribe of Dan was always caught with the Philistines coming over. And particularly in the days of the judges and during the days of David, war was breaking out. So what Dan did is they went and they moved up north at the, at the base of Mount Hermon. And they set up shop there. It was peaceful. It was easier. And so what happened was in their future that they became a place of idol worship. And it is Dan that is attributed to plunging the ten northern nations into idol worship because they didn't stay where God wanted them to. We can get into that mindset of I'm going to move here when God says not to or doesn't want us to or hasn't told us to because I think it's going to be easier or the grass is greener on the other side or whatever it might be. Be careful. And that's what Dan did. And we can particularly do that in life when we're going through battle after battle after battle. We say, I've got to do something myself to make it easier. Be careful. Just be careful, okay? Because the Lord's going to strengthen you just as he strengthened Samson to get victory. But there's other lessons with Samson's that we'll talk about that when we get to the book of Judges. But you allow the Lord to bring you victory where you're at and where he has you. Because remember, I said this before, if you have the mentality grass is greener on the other side, just remember this, that it all has to be mowed. Okay? And it's not always easier. So we finished the chapter when they had made an end to dividing the land as an inheritance according to their borders. The children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua the son of Nun. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked for, Timnath, Sarah, and the mountains of Ephraim, and he built the city and dwelt in it. And these were the inheritance with Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribe of children of Israel, divided as an inheritance by Lot and Shiloh, before the Lord the door of the tabernacle meeting, so they made an end of dividing the land. So that map shows you the division of the twelve tribes of Israel. You can kind of get a feeling of that and and where they're at, and, um, and so hopefully that will help you give you a better understanding as we go through the Old Testament. It was planning on going through chapter 20 and 21, but we're going to stop there tonight. And Father, we thank you that we can look at these places, and Lord, we can learn. We can, we can look at it, and we can make application for ourselves. And Father, I do pray that you would help us not to neglect or be lazy and taking the inheritance that you have for us. And we can come to those places where we do battle. We can come to those places where we get tired. But Lord, we know that you desire to give us victory and strength. And Lord, I pray that 
we would, to be where you want us to be, to not neglect the inheritance, the blessings you have for us, the promises that are given to us. But Lord, that we would stand firmly. And Lord, that we would be ones, that the days of our lives would be, Lord, I just want to continue to grow in your love. I want to continue in your word. I just want to continue to serve you. I want to be in fellowship with other believers. 